You're listening to For the Record, a registrar podcast sponsored by ACRO. I'm Dan Vayner from GVSU. And I'm Jason Cronkite from GVSU. And this is the registrar's website. Hello, and welcome to another episode of For the Record, a registrar podcast sponsored by ACRO. I'm your host, Doug McKenna, and today we'll be talking about an often overlooked but critically important mode of communication with our constituents, the Humble Registrar's website. Joining me today to discuss the ways their office improved the functionality of their website are Dan Vayner and Jason Cronkreit from Grand Valley State University in Michigan. Dan, Jason, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having us. So, Dan... Before we jump in, would you be willing to give us a little overview of GVSU before we start to focus in on your successful transformation of your website? Where are you located? Who do you serve? How many students? What student information system, et cetera? Gotcha. Uh, Grand Valley is a public university located in West Michigan, just outside of Grand Rapids. We got just over 24,000 students um, as a state institution. Um, we average class size of 26. We're really proud of that. And then uh, we're a banner institution. Thank you. And 24,000, did you say? That's a good size institution over there. Yeah, we're a, we're a pretty big school. We're Division two for athletics, too. So it's a, it's a nice balance we keep here. Right on. So set the stage for us here. And this is for both of you. What problem were you trying to solve when you set out to revamp your website? And how did you know it was a problem? Yeah, so we began this project in the fall of 2016. Uh, the impetus for change for us was that we felt like we had a disorganized website that was providing some limited utility for our students. We felt that maybe by redoing our website, we could reorganize the content, help users locate uh, what they're looking for and add content that could help ease some of the strain um, that our staff was feeling via phone calls or emails, um, and then allow more of that time to exist for us to work on some more complex issues and generate new ideas and solutions. So we were able to use um, some Google Analytics and some feedback from our students and look at you know what the information we had out there was and talk about what best design would look like um, and talk about how we could make information more accessible to students outside of uh, our necessarily our regular office hours and especially as we look at growing our population of non-traditional students we felt like making sure that this information was all available to them um, at the times that they needed it was crucial so access was one of those things that you were trying to broaden as you worked through this yeah absolutely Fantastic. So let's walk through the overall process. Talk about the ideation, your project development, the timeline. How did you identify pages to work on? And then what, if any, content was created during this process or if it was just a sort of re-swizzling of existing content? And then other questions out in the realm are, how did you measure your success with this? How did you know that you were doing the right things in the right way? And how much did it cost, if anything? Sure. So the first few things that we looked at when we were trying to decide um, how to evaluate our website and what we want it to look like, where we started looking at the content and the layout for our website. Uh, we felt like our website had a lot of the information we needed for our students, but maybe wasn't uh, well-developed or um, didn't have appropriate SEO um, optimization to help students find the information. 
So we yeah, have, and for the I'm sorry, Dan, yeah. for the uninitiated, what is SEO? So that's search engine optimization. So that's kind of the text that goes behind or with some of your um, websites and different links to help um, you know help your Google search results or even just within our internal Grand Valley searching um, help help people find the information that we're putting out there. So those are the tags, the headers, the metadata associated with the pages. Yeah, absolutely. Right on. And I apologize that I just like honed in right in the weeds right away. And the question was, just talk about the overall process. I'm going to, you know, it's a, yep. it's a give and take here. It's a yeah. give and take. So back to the overall process. I apologize. Yeah, Go no, ahead. Absolutely. So then we approached the website by deciding that we wanted to look at targeted groups and then focus on calls to action. So for targeted groups, we started making links for our students, for our faculty, for our parents. And then for calls to action, we started looking at things like our academic calendar, uh, how to get transcripts, how to access a student's MyPath, which is their degree audit tool, um, because those were things that we knew students were looking at and searching for regularly. So we try to use some of our analytics and utilization that we got from um, Google Analytics and start tracking different traffic to our website and identify um, either where there was large volumes of interest going and, and what what was driving that traffic or um, also notice when there were shifts in the traffic. So if we saw pretty pretty constant um, traffic to one page and then we saw, saw a spike or a decrease, try and figure out what was going on so we can be on top of that and make sure that um, when the shifts are coming, that we're doing a better job developing some more of that information. Um, since we started this project uh, in, the, in the first year of the project, we went back and reviewed and six of our 15 most popular pages on our website were new information that we had developed based on the information that we were able to see and the, con uh, the uh, behavior that we saw from our students as well. Very cool. Would you be willing to share what those were? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of the sites that was kind of surprising to us that we saw the increase was just the building abbreviations on campus. Um, it was information that we had on our website <laughs> that we saw people looking for. <laughs> I know it, it, you, you never know what students are going to be looking for, but it, it was um, a PDF that we had out on our website that we saw a fair amount of traffic going to, which surprised us. So we switched it from a PDF to um, just a plain text web page. So it would be SEO and it would be more easily found by some of the search engines. And then we share that information um, on our website or on our social media channels, um, especially that week or two before classes and then that first week of classes. And that website explodes. And we had no idea that that was going to be something that our students weren't able to find or would need as much help um, locating to figure out where they're supposed to go for the classes. So things like that were surprising to us. Um, we also underwent a whole proxy process that I can let Dan talk about as well. Um, but that allows students to um, give a proxy, family, guardian, somebody access to their student data and their information. And so we had some pressure points with that and spent a lot of time developing that. Um, and so that was a very popular website after we redid our website. And to Jason's credit, right our number two is the Future Academic Calendars websites currently. And that one is just going out into the future more, showing that what the spring break dates are. We have a new fall break right now, and that's just today, actually, so it's nice and quiet on campus. So the calendars are actually a really important thing to students, too, because they want to plan, and faculty and staff and parents. The one thing we've done really well that we're very proud of is our final exam schedule. A lot of people just put out a template out there, and that's it. We have it really cool. You put down two drop downs, you win your class meets the day and the time, and then it shoots out what time that final is. And then you can do your entire schedule right there and it'll tell you right there what your schedule is in a template, customized to you. That one gets a lot of hits. That's very cool. Yeah, that's very cool. You talked about Google Analytics. You talked about reviewing some of the data. Who in your office did that and what is that person's 
regular job duties? And is this is the web content management part of that individual's duties? Yeah, so reviewing the Google Analytics is um, something that we first talked to our web team about as they were able to help us get some of the information set up and start to hone in on some of that information. The actual review process is something that lied with Dan and myself. The web management piece, again, primarily relies with Dan and myself. I forgot the second half of that question. I'm sorry, I totally got sidetracked. (laughs) (laughs) Is it part of your regular assigned duties or as part of this project were any position descriptions rewritten or expanded on or added to? Yeah, so it's something that um, now is primarily part of my regular duties. um, And that was something that maybe didn't exist previously in this role, but it's something that I think we see an increased need for and an increased uh, market for. So it's something that um, on a regular basis, I spend some time looking at and reviewing and trying to make sure that we're being um, adaptive and responsive to any shifts in web behavior or needs that we see from our students. And I should probably make it clear we're an associate registrar and an assistant registrar. We are not web people. We are not video people. So this is just all on the side. That's generally what I have found to be the case when it comes to things like management of social media accounts, updating of website content, things like that. It it really tends to be a side gig or a side hustle for another named individual within the office. So registrar's offices in particular could probably benefit from a communications role, a, a, a director of communications or of a web content manager, something like that. And I think that, you know, higher ed's a little bit slower to adopt some of these things and I have found, too, that the registrar's office is a little bit uh, slower to to move toward a more communications-focused role or responsibility. But I think that examples like this where you've had such tangible success with getting the message out through your website is a really good example to say, you know, if, if someone were tasked with doing this on the regular basis, look at how much better informed our students, faculty, staff, and parents might be. So kudos to you all for, for working through some of this on your in your spare time. Thanks. <laughs> um, so we keep yeah. saying website, and it's not just about the website either, but you have to start there. So in our mind, we picture like this pyramid yeah. with five layers. And the first one is content. And a lot of the registrar's offices do that really well. Everything is out there. You just can't find it. So two is layout, the second step up. And we can break these all down if you want later. It's up to you. That's your call. Two is layout. And then after that, the one you were just talking about is consistency. You want to have a consistent message going out. Once you get those three built up, then you can go into the features. And that's things like the final exams and just some of the built-in things we have. And then on top of that one, the very top one is engaging creativity. And that's the really fun stuff that we don't get to do a ton of. But if we can get the rest done, we get to get we get to do. Since we're talking about the creativity part, what types of creative things were you able to incorporate into this project? So for engaging creativity, the most fun we have probably is some of our promotional things we do uh, via videos. We do a lot of things that we think are clever and funny, like, hey, what's a registrar's office do? And it's under a minute video with cartoon figures popping up, and then we push it out to social media. And if we can get picked up by our main university account, it can get a ton of views. So we did that for like our My Name, which is our version of a preferred name. We welcomed the new president and told her to come get an ID card. Um, We talked about our proxy. 
we have pictures. When I go out to lunch with my friends, if they bring their kid, I'll take a picture. I'm wearing my name tag and say, kid registrar says, know your registration dates. Like just little things like that. Lots of GIFs. We've had some really a good time with that stuff. We did a registration bingo when they're coming out, try to do it. Um, then we did a March Madness bracket for our one credit courses. Just lots of little fun things like that. But those are the ones you can only get to once you've established everything else that you need. And you have a slide deck about this process and you've given this presentation at regionally at macro yes we've given it at macro and then we were recommended it to give it at the acro tech and transfer um next year so we'll be putting in for that one and then this year we're actually going to hone in a little bit more we had really good response so we're going to hone in a little more and we're going to do a creating a video library presentation because that is something we really excel at is having the answers out there all the time available for the students nice and so one of the my requests for you is um if it's okay if I take some of those slides and post like, for example, the pyramid of the content, the layout, and now I forgot, <laughs> I skipped a step and now I don't remember creativity. I got three of the five. Pretty good. Um, and post that as part of the show notes along with your contact information in case people want to reach out and uh, have any follow-up questions. Yeah, for definitely. You. So let's talk um, now that we've, I've gotten an overview or we've gotten an overview Let's talk about specifics. What are you using? What's your content management system? When you're doing search engine optimization, what types of tags are you including? Those types of things. So now we're really in the weeds when, and you can take an example of whether it's the academic calendar or whether it's um, the final exam finder. How are you developing those pages and how are you tagging them so that people can find them? Yeah, so this is where we, again, worked with our institutional marketing team um, and our web team to help us a lot in developing some of these resources. We use, um, it's called CMS4. It's what the university as a, as a whole uses. And then um, we have our own ability to log in and manage our own pages. Um, so we use that for our, our, our CMS web feature stuff. Um, when we're doing our tagging, you know, we started doing some research and, and they tell us, you know, just to write plain English sentences, one or two sentences, because that's really something that that's what Google's looking for to find, um, to promote. And then those will be like kind of when you do your Google search, like the line underneath it is kind of that that metadata that you've written in there. So we've we've used some of those strategies to help us promote that information. When it comes to some of our video features, we're using um, a product called Camtasia which we found to be um, very user-friendly and easy to use. Dan and I, neither of us had any experience doing video production or anything of that nature until we started doing this project. And um, we go back and look at our first videos and and we've come a long way, but they, they're looking pretty good now, we think. So <laughs> that's been um, rewarding to see that that transition there. But then, yeah, say nice. all those other web pages, though, all the academic calendar stuff is, is all stuff that we're using um, CMS4 to help us do. CMS4 has some great, sorry, great. I keep cutting you off. Um, CMS4 has some great features too that allow us to do like a secure faculty login and behind that that way faculty have to log in with their username and password and then so we'll keep some training resources and some policies back there but we also use that as a source of collection so we'll do like our every data record data request for the entire institution comes through this secure faculty login and comes to us that way they can sign off that they understand FERPA they know to be a blind carbon copy all of that good stuff is all in one spot consistently and we can just direct them to that. And we have short um, URLs made. So it's gvsu.edu slash registrar slash data request done. You can put in a data request or it's linked to clearly on our website. We've also done a few other things like student grader training, all of that through this forms, which are secure logins. So we know it's the faculty and staff. Pow, consistency. That's another one of the levels of the pyramid. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so something else that Dan touched on too like that it. I think has been nice and really helpful as we try and be a little more consistent and help some of our students find our website and feel like they can trust the information. Every time that we're posting stuff online in our social media accounts, we try to use um, some some link redirects or some link shorteners so they can go to registrar slash proxy or registrar slash registration and or registrar slash calendar and they're they're finding these plain text links. So, we're, so especially when we share those on social media, we're trying to use nice plain text links, plain text links that uh, help our students find our information and, and look trustworthy too. And is the URL shortener a delivered mechanism within uh, the CMS or is that something that you're using with Google? Is it a bit.ly? Yep, it's, it's, de it's delivered within our CMS system. Yeah. So you mentioned a plain text sentence. Mm -hmm. Could you give a specific example? So for your academic calendar, what would you write? Yeah, so for or our academic calendar, uh, I don't have the text in front of me, but we would write something to the nature of, this is the Grand Valley State University fall academic calendar. This is where you can find registration dates, payment deadline dates, and when fall breaks are. Um, so we'd just write two sentences that are very very conversational, just plain text that would include kind of the content of the page. Um, it, it really, when you're doing SEO um, and you're trying to help people find your information, using just a, a list of keywords with commas is discouraged as it pushes your Google results further down. Interesting. So this is one of those places where doing metadata and tagging in the header, the in the HTML, that's what I've always, I grew up on, a list of comma delimited keywords. And so this is great. This is like now I'm going to go review all of my OUR websites and uh, all the pages within our site to see yeah, and this is well, this is where correctly. being able to work with some of our our web experts and folks on campus and being able to build those relationships has been really beneficial because these are things that, again, I assume the same where if we had a list of common keywords separated by commas that we were off to the races. But once they were able to sit down and help us look at some of the information, what is the best way to do some of that um, that metadata and tagging that they really advised that we you know write just our plain text sentences for them. That's a great takeaway from this episode. If anyone takes anything else, <laughs> bonus. Um, but for search engine optimization of your websites, write a plain text sentence. It's worth the cost of admission. So good times. Um, you talked about working with your campus communications and marketing people. Are, are there other groups on campus where you reliant on IT at all or were you... Did it because it's you're using institutional resources, the established CMS? Was it just that outreach to communications? Talk through that process. How did, how did you go about initiating? Yeah, definitely. Contacts? It's all about building the relationships across campus. Everybody says that, but if you have someone in IT, you can contact real quick. Hey, I, I got this idea. And you just throw it out to them. They love to grab onto it and go with it. So we've had some crazy ideas come out just hanging out, and then they turn into a good project, but I don't know how to do that. We are just simple registrars that can type. Like that's what we do. We make a few <laughs> videos here and there, but we've got some really cool proxy examples out there and we've got some 
some things we're getting into. We have the, the preferred name. We've really done a fantastic job on that. We presented nationally on that last year. And then from that, we've even stemmed, here's our next one, little spoiler maybe. We might do something called Say My Name, where the students record their name, and that goes to the class roster just like a photo would. Pronunciation is a big deal. So getting that, saying their name right is really important. So that's something we are kind of joking about, but it's actually picked up some traction. So don't be afraid to throw out crazy ideas that just are kind of a joke, but maybe there's some good truth behind them. Yeah, that's great. And it's all about helping the students feel comfortable in the learning environment. And one of the ways that that happens is if an instructor exactly. says their name correctly. How long did it take from the start of the idea, from like this little spark of an idea to when all, quote unquote, all of the pages, because it's an ongoing process, I'm sure, but when the initial overview of all of the pages had been completed, how long did that? Sure. So I would say we we felt like we could be doing a better job with some of our web presence. Um, and so we started reviewing it all throughout a spring summer semester. So it was kind of a, a project that we were working on um, throughout a, a summer semester with the anticipation of hopefully launching it right before fall. So it probably took us a couple months to evaluate, try and redesign, draw up some ideas. I, I literally sat down with some paper and sketched out kind of what we wanted things to look like and, and where we think things might be most associated and better linked. So that probably took us a couple months to really redesign conceptually what we wanted to look like. And then, you know, probably another month or so to go in there because this wasn't, you know, your only or primary test this is something that we're kind of doing as, as we think about it and let things kind of mull and simmer and, um, yeah, so then, you know, maybe another month or so of actually building all of the web pages. We used um, a test server so we could design it and build it all in tests so we could start testing the functionality, making sure it looked the way we wanted it to look. So start to finish from from we don't like it to at least the first step was probably two to three months. Um, and then once we launched it, it's just been an ongoing process, continual improvement. We continue to review the results. We continue to look at what we think is most useful and helpful to our students, um, continue to track where our students are going on our website. And so the, the process continues to be ongoing. It's one of those, if you can dedicate at least a little bit of time or resources to it, the, the ongoing and the, the active management of it uh, makes a really big difference. We've seen tremendous growth um, over the past few years, and, and we continue to see that growth as we continue to identify trends in our students' behavior when it comes to looking at our website. Um, I'm happy to share some of the results we've had uh, based on this project. Since we started this project in fall 2016, we've seen 41% growth from then to now. Uh, and we've seen about 10 to 11% growth each year. And this year we're on track for over 850,000 views on our website. And that just includes what we've done on our website. Additionally, if we start looking at all of our social media channels as well, when we began this project, we had a reach of about 50,000 per day, whether that would be on any of our Twitter feeds or on our website or anything like that. Um, and today, as we sit here, our reach is over uh, 115. I'm sorry, I said 50,000 a day. I meant 50,000 a month. Uh, and as we sit here today, our reach is about 115,000 per month with our best month coming this past August, where we reached over 180,000 individuals in a month. So um, we feel like we've done a really yeah, we feel like we've done a really nice job. That is impressive. Kind of, it's been a it's been a slow growth process, but we continue to see ongoing improvement and ongoing growth. That's fantastic. Congratulations on that. When you say ongoing monitoring, how frequently are you reviewing 
is it a weekly thing? Is somebody, are you getting a daily report of how many hits on the website and which pages are the top five? What, what is that ongoing monitoring? Yeah, so at least every week like? um, we're logging into some of our analytics and some of our, our different websites and just checking to see how things look. Um, so it's a- active management. I would say at least every week we're looking at how things are going. And then I pull all the numbers on a monthly basis so we can continue to track where things are going and, and see what has been most successful um, and where we think that maybe we can improve what, what we're offering to our students. And it's also really important to talk to the frontline folks, um, what, be that answering our department email or our frontline cashiers and front counter folks. They're the ones that can give us the best ideas of what the students are in, in, uh, encountering and how we can, if it's a routine problem, how we can address it. And that's really been our big, biggest success points is finding routine problems and then putting the answers out there. Um, have a fantastic example when it comes to proxy. Um, just to give you an idea, we have over 17,000 proxy accounts created since fall 2014, and 13,000 of them are active. So that's parents or family guardians logging in to their students' accounts uh, to see grades, to make payments, and the likes. So we're adding about 3,000 new proxies each year, and about 2,000 are added each spring, summer, which is already our busiest time with new student orientations. So we had a basic website out there, how to get information, but even just the slightest uptick in hits to that website we felt it on the phone. So like there was a day we had 300 hits on the website and we, Jason and I are IMing each other like, goodness, what is happening? Um, but you're bringing in all these different generations of tech users and different levels even within the generations. And they really need to have the answers there for them. And no one likes calling a helpline if they don't have to. So we took the automated email that goes out when each proxy is a, is a proxy account is established. And we added a few things. Um, First, we added the videos to the website and some FAQ page, and then we linked from the email to the FAQ page and then to these videos. And these videos are how to set it up from the proxy perspective, and most importantly, how to do a password reset, because they can always reset their password and get in. And if they know how to do that, we don't have to get a call. They don't have to call us, and they can do it at 9 p.m. So this really comes through. Remember the 300 hit calls or 300 hits on the website we had. We felt it. We were really, really worn out by it. We had a hit the next summer of 1,800 hits on our proxy website, and we didn't even notice it. So by putting the answers out there that are through automated emails, they're taking care of the problems themselves, as I believe they prefer. Yeah, and that's a great point about the reduct the increase in volume, but the reduction of administrative burden where because you have that foundational, that first layer of your pyramid that you talked about with content, you can draw on that content and deliver it in different ways. As you mentioned, it's not just the website, it's the communication that's going out based on activities on the website. So that's fantastic, but you've also got to start with that foundational level of content. What kind of feedback, if any, have you received from students or faculty or staff or parents about the changes that have happened on I'd the I'd say website. there's been some really positive feedback. First, I'll say in the numbers, then we'll go into the specific examples. Um, since June 2018, we've delivered over 1,200 minutes via our website video library. So that's 200 hours. It's 24 minutes a day. That's a big deal. Like they, If they didn't like it, they wouldn't keep using it. So that's to me, is a good starting point. Now, I'll let Jason go into some specific examples. Or I just threw him under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely keeping that snippet in the final episode. Um, we've ha- sorry. Um, once we stop laughing. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> 
thought I punked you. <laughs> oh, I wasn't really sure what was coming. <laughs> so, okay. Oh, my eyes got really big, too. Anyway. So one of the best examples we have was one of our deans came up to our registrar and said, I really got a kick out of that tweet you had yesterday. So, like, it's getting out there. Um, parents that call us with proxy be like, hey, I watched the proxy reset video. I'm not comfortable how to copy and paste. Can you walk me through it? So the fact that they're watching them first and trying to solve it really is, I don't know where I'm getting at with that. It's just, it's been good feedback. No one's ever said, I watched your video. They were, they were bad. Yeah. So I think that's right. We <laughs> you can cut that part out for sure. <laughs> we can just start feedback over if you want. <laughs> no, that. No, yeah. that's so we, we know we've had that is um, good feedback as well from our campus community. We've had people stop by and say, hey, I really liked what I saw or that was really useful. Um, in addition, we've had people who might need some questions answered or a little bit of help or there's another website that maybe uh, doesn't have a home. And so there have been a few extra little tasks or websites that will come our way as well because uh, people like some of the stuff we're doing. So we've been happy to help lend any, any insight or help that we can to other folks on campus as well, just as we try and find ways to, again, make that information more, more useful. So I think that it's definitely reaching a broader audience. And I think that um, the numbers and our results show that it's, it's impactful to the, to our constituents. And a valuable resource is our student workers. We run a lot of what we do by them first and ask them for their feedback. And then you could also notice the difference in the different social medias. Like not a lot of students are that active on Facebook and they're certainly not going to follow the GVSU registrar page. So you have to keep that in mind. We've had our best success on Twitter. And a lot of that is because you get retweeted by the main account and everyone sees it. Now we're trying to get into Instagram. We're not quite as good at that as we should be, but that's actually where we find most of our students right now being most active. Yeah, a lot of room for growth there. Yeah, I love the fact that you're engaging your student workers as sort of sounding boards before you're kicking things out. That's so important that as registrars, we're separated from student body, student life. And so as a reality check of what, what's going to work, what's going to land with a student, it's important to actually... Oh my goodness. Yeah. Talk to students. Yeah, absolutely. I say, yeah. yeah, Dan and so, I like to bounce the ideas off our student workers. And then the other thing we use too is we have a, a whole group that we call our customer service panel, which is our frontline staff who are answering questions from students on the phone, via email, at our service counters. And, and we really strongly utilize their feedback too, because they have a lot of really nice ideas and things that maybe we wouldn't otherwise think of in terms of the questions that are coming up from the students. Um, so having that group too, to help us bounce ideas around and, and you know, like I said, the, the, the greater collective knowledge is, is really useful in that regard as well. And maybe the best feedback we had was after our first presentation, we had three or four institutions reach out to us and say, our boss went to your presentation and told us we want to be like Grand Valley. And that's about as good as you can get for a side project, right? <laughs> That is fantastic feedback. And it's, you know, sorely, we don't get that kind of feedback in the registrar's office very frequently. So like nobody comes up to me and says, hey, I was able to register for all my classes without the system going down. So hearing nothing is often the best feedback that I can get until I've heard now where deans are like, I saw that thing. That's amazing. Or other institutions being like, be like yeah, we were very, very happy with those emails. They are framed in my office. Yeah. yeah. Those are snippets that make it into your performance evaluation for the year. So Dan, Jason, thank you for sharing your experiences with us today. It's always fun to reach out for something shiny and new, but it is so satisfying to take something like a website that's frequently overlooked 
and make it into, transform it into a more effective tool for service delivery. So kudos to you all. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We're very passionate about this topic. So feel free to contact us if you have any questions. Thank you very much. I will include your contact information in the show notes so that if listeners have more specific questions about the process or if they want to try and replicate at their institution what y'all have done at GVSU, they know how to get in touch with you. So thanks again. Thanks to everyone for listening. Please reach out if you have feedback about this or any other episode. If you have an idea for an episode, this is how this episode came to be. Dan and Jason sent me an email and said, hey, we're doing this thing and we think that it'd be great to talk about. And it has been. So if you have an idea, gentle listener, don't be shy. Send me an email at registrarpodcast at gmail.com. Also, please join the mailing list and send a link to the podcast to your colleagues. I appreciate you listening very much. Until next time, I'm Doug McKenna, and this is For the Record. For the Record!